Amen. Take your Bibles. Go somewhere, anywhere. It's all good. I'm telling you, every bit of it's good. Take your Bibles. Go to Deuteronomy chapter 2. You know, he cares for you today. If you don't believe that, man, you're missing something. Deuteronomy chapter 2. Just read a couple verses here. Verse 1. Then we turned and took our journey into the wilderness by the way of the Red Sea, and as the Lord spake unto me, and we compassed Mount Seir many days, and the Lord spake unto me, saying, Ye have compassed this uh, mountain long enough, turn ye northward, and command uh, thou the people, saying, Ye are to pass uh, through the coast of your brethren, the children of Esau, which dwell in Seir, and they shall be afraid of you. Take ye uh, good heed unto yourselves, uh, therefore, meddle not with them, for I, I will not give you of their land. No, not so much as a foot breadth, uh, because I have given it uh, Mount Seir unto Esau for a possession. Ye shall buy meat of them of money, and ye, uh, that ye may eat, and ye shall also buy water of them of money that ye may drink. For the Lord thy God hath blessed thee in all thy works of thy hand. He knoweth thy walking through this great wilderness. These forty years the Lord thy God hath been with thee, thou hast lacked nothing. Father, thank you for your blessings this morning. Thank you for everybody that came out. Uh, Lord, I do pray for all those that are home. I do pray for my mom this morning, Lord, that you just bless her and help her to get her balance. And uh, Lord, I know she wants to get back home, and I just pray if that's possible, Lord, that you could do that for her. Uh, Lord, again, thank you for letting us uh, come to church this morning. Uh, bless uh, the morning message, and we'll praise you. Lord, do pray for Brother Joe as he's down in Florida. Lord, that you bless him this week. Bless the uh, camp that's going on down there. Dr. Peacock's camp starts tomorrow. Uh, Lord, uh, his church's camp, so I just pray that you put your hand upon that. And Lord, use Brother Joe in that and mix. Uh, and Lord, I just pray some young people get their lives right. And if there's some lost uh, souls in there, Lord, young people, I just pray they'd get saved also. Again, thank you for your many blessings today, Father, and we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Title of this message is, You Have Compassed This Mountain Long Enough. Uh, have you ever thought that, man, you've been in this thing a long, a long, long, long time, and you just feel like, like it should be over? Uh, I should have arrived already. Uh, you know what you find out is you never arrived, really. Uh, the, the children of Israel sitting here, uh, they've been out in the wilderness for 40 years because they messed up. That's bottom line. A lot of times, Moses messed up. Moses uh, was sitting there. He killed an Egyptian. He's 40 years old. He thought, oh, everybody will understand what I'm doing. No, Pharaoh didn't understand. Neither did anybody else. And they were going to kill him. And he shoots out, and he becomes Jethro's son-in-law. And he's out there for 40 years on the backside of the desert somewhere before the Lord can bring him back. 80 years old, Moses says, when he comes back, and he gets to bring the Jews out. You'd think Moses would have understood that. Oh, bet my, bet my wife is telling me to do something. Does this make you happy? I will do it just for you. One moment, please. Hey, is this working? Testing, 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 testing. Okay. How about now? Bitch is working now. Testing, 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 testing. Oh, look at that, man. He's got it. He is a good guy. But they, they're out there, Moses comes back and 80 years later and he has to, or 40 years later and he has to convince Pharaoh, uh, and Pharaoh's a hard-headed person. Uh, I don't understand why we have to be so hard-headed. I mean, really, if God starts smashing down on you, you would think, you would just think that a person, I'm a coward, 
That's me. I'm coward. Uh, the Lord started putting his thumb down on me. It doesn't take me but a few minutes to learn real quick that that hurts, and he can hurt me a lot more than I can. Have you ever met, realized that he could kill you, bring you back to life, and kill you again, and bring you back to life, and kill you again? Everybody's talking about these near-death experiences. He can give you a near-death experience. He can let you look at him face-to-face and bring you back. Ask Paul and John when you get there. He did that just to them. Both of them got to go to heaven. And they probably regretted coming back, but they could. 38 years, 38 years they're in the journey of wandering around out there in the wilderness. The Jews are. It takes 11 days, uh, I think, to get from, uh, from where they were at over to the promised land. And 38 days, uh, 38 years they're out there running around in circles. 11 days, really, the whole journey was 11 days, but it's a long 11 days, man. It goes on and on and on in that desert. It never stops. I was wondering, circling an area uh, partly uh, comprised of Edom. They're, they're right now, they're up where Edom's at, and they're going around the circle, and, and the Lord is sitting there looking at them and telling them, uh, just keep going. I, I told you 40 years, 40 years, 40 years, 40 years, 40 years. Uh, Edom was given to Esau, uh, Jacob's brother, for 2 million people. They're out there walking around because they just wouldn't do what God said do. Uh, you know what happens when you get a bunch of people together? You get a bunch of people make a mistake. The best thing you could ever do is learn how to walk by yourself in this world. If you can learn how to walk by yourself, you can walk with others. But I'm not saying be uh, obstinate or anything like that. But uh, you ought to be a good church member. You ought to be a, uh, a good father. You ought to be a good mother. You ought to be good children. But I'm telling you, that somewhere you better get that relationship with Jesus Christ down where you and him talk and he talks to you and he guides and directs. Man, I tell you what, some of the songs they were singing, I was back there almost crying on that back thing back there. I, I sit back there and listen, man, and, and they start talking about Jesus and what he's done. And I start thinking about this message. I'm like, Lord, 38 years. You want a prophecy? I'll get into that in just a second, man. It was something really good. Numbers 13 to 34 is where it talks about them wandering through the wilderness. All they had to do, all they had to do was just believe God. Number one, I built the universe in a a breath in the first day. And all the other stuff was in the next five days. And then on the seventh day, he just took a break. And the Jews knew all that. But you know, sometimes we know stuff and it just never sinks in. And we're taught stuff and it just doesn't go. Here's a whole nation of Israel. They just come out of, of, the Hebrews just come out of captivity Come up to the border. Here's the land I'm going to give you. Caleb and Joshua goes in with 10 other guys. They come back out. I mean, they got grapes the size of bowling balls, probably. Uh, They have to put them on a staff between the two. Probably had to change out the two people or three people carrying it because the things were so heavy. And and they're sitting there looking at all this stuff that they brought back. And they say, oh, there's giants in the land. We can't go in. Well, God's bigger than the giants. All you had to do was just listen to him. You You know the reason why we make mistakes or we sin? Is because we don't listen to him. It's not that we don't listen, we don't trust. Most people, I saw my brother Kyle Joe Hicks, and he says, everybody up there on the streets of Detroit could quote every verse that he was preaching. Every verse he said. He said, I watched their lips. They were quoting the verse as I was saying it. They had church. They had the word of God. They just never listened to it. And then they wonder why they got in the place they are. My brother, I tell you, well, I, got, I got family members, I've watched them all, and, and you sit there and watch them, and their lives are all, they say, Mike, how did you get to where you're at? I just didn't do what you did 40 years ago. 
What I did 40 years ago is I turned that thing around and said, I'm not going to do this no more. And then they're mad at me 40 years later. Oh, you think you're a goody two-shoes. No, this is what you get after 40, 43 years of doing what God says do the best you can. I sometimes say, Lord, I could have done a lot better. I'll get to heaven and he said, maybe. Here's some guys right here that didn't do too good. But God never got done with them. Number one, I like to say the providence of God. He starts down in verse 3 up here. He says, ye have compassed this mountain after 40 years. The Lord says, okay, we're done. Let's go in. It's time. Are you, are you there yet? I like somebody showed me a, a sign that George Bush said a long time ago. You miss me yet? <laughs> you know, uh, have you ever wondered if, if this was years and years ago, big old sign out there where they got, they put Clinton in or something. They put somebody in. Oh, they put Obama in. And uh, he's a big old sign out there that says, you miss me yet? You know, uh, you, God, uh, the, we ought to put something up there about the Lord, but you can never find a picture of Jesus anyways. It's right. But if you could put a, a billboard up there that says, you miss me yet? Do you miss me yet? Do you miss me yet? What's it going to take to get us to miss the Lord in our lives? What's it going to take? These guys right here, after 40 years, you know what? The, four, the guys who all got killed, who God let their carcasses drop. Go back to uh, uh, Numbers, 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 Numbers. I'll hit this real quick. It's later on in the message. Numbers 14. Numbers 14. 32. It says, but as for you, your carcasses, they shall fall in the wilderness. He's talking about all, anybody 20 years old and upward. And your children shall wander in the wilderness 40 years and bear your whoredoms until your carcasses be wasted in the wilderness. Now, that's some sweet God, isn't it? Boy, our Lord's awful sweet there. He says, no, because you wouldn't do what I told you to do. Brother, God's serious. The Lord's serious about us doing what he tells us to do. There is no excuse. We can't say, well, I didn't know. Oh, yes, you do. There's a way to find out if you want to know. The question is, do you want to know? I want to know. I don't like all the stuff that I have to do sometime, but at least I want to know. I don't like, I don't like doing maintenance. I don't know about you, man, but I, I've been doing maintenance all week. I had two refrigerators out there. We took them to camp. Wheels folded up underneath of them. I said, I laid up underneath there. Hot. You ever laid on asphalt in the middle of the summer when it's burning hot out there? First, you got to make these things and then size them and fit them underneath there to fix everything and pull it all back down. And I'm belly aching out there. But we got the freezers in. got the refrigerators in. Then the air conditioners broke. So I'm working on the air conditioners. Hopefully tomorrow night it'll be done. You ever got tired of maintenance? I get tired of some things sometimes. The Lord says, what are you belly aching about? Or if you didn't have this, you'd be doing something else. You'd probably be getting in trouble. I'm like, yeah, you're absolutely right, man. I said, this is pretty cool. I said, I'll lay out here on the hot asphalt and just, oh, ooh, ah, ee, ah. Asphalt gets hot, man. I don't know about you. It, it gets hot when they lay it, and it gets hot as the sun beats down on it. Forty years these guys were out in the wilderness. Anybody that come up to that uh, land to go in that was 20 years old and upwards, Lord said, because you wouldn't listen to me, he said, you'll go back out in the wilderness and run around for 40 years. You want a little piece of prophecy here? He promised them that they were coming back in. Not them, but the nation of Israel. He said, Israel is going into that land. And he goes, it may not be today, and it may not be tomorrow. But 40 years from now, Israel is going into that land. You know, when God makes a promise, it happens. You can trust him every single time. The key is, is are you ever going to trust him? And the only way you can learn that is little by little. You know why they had to go run around the desert for 40 years? The older people had to train the younger people how to survive so that when they come up back there the second time, they didn't make the same mistake. You say, oh, God's done with the, the older people. No, he wasn't. 
for 40 years out there on the backside of the desert when they're running around out there, the older people that are going to die and their carcasses are going to fall, they're going to bellyache, they're going to complain, they're going to do everything, but they're going to raise those young people so one day they're going to get to go in that promised land. You know what our job is? Is to raise a bunch of young people so they can get it. They can carry on. When we stop, they can carry on. Somebody's got to carry. Boy, aren't you glad they did? Because down the road somewhere, Jesus Christ came in. The providence of God. Never forget what the Lord has done for you. That's what happens. That's what happened to those first group. Moses come back, got them out of Egypt, took them across the Red Sea. Oh, man, I'm telling you, the Red Sea is unbelievable. I've been across that thing twice. I went down, out into the Persian Gulf, out in the middle of the Pacific or the uh, Indian Ocean, and we came back up through the Red Sea, through the Suez Canal, and back up into the Mediterranean. When I look at that water, I, th I think it's the widest part, the deepest part. That's where they'll say, oh, well, there's a land bridge right up here. Oh, God needs all the help he can get, you know. Uh, there has to be a land bridge right there, so when the water does go, look, man, if he could go where that land bridge is and blow that water apart to where the land bridge sticks out, that's just as impressive as going to the deepest part of the ocean and splitting it. Uh, people don't get that thing. They make water seeks its own level. Ships float because the water is always trying to sink that ship. The water is always underneath the bottom of that ship trying to push it up and get it to tump over so the water can be level. That's what it does. You know what they do? They engineer the ship so it's heavier than that and it sinks down into the water. That's the whole purpose of the little line on the side of the ship so that when it's fully loaded exactly like it's supposed to be, to go to sea, it, it, it drops down into the color of the ship where you can't see that line underneath of it. The bottom of a ship, the reason it's red is if it's red, you don't want to go out to sea in that thing. It, it'll tump over because the ship is not balanced right. They had to do that because God did that. And God, when he moved that, mo I'd love, oh, I can't wait to get to heaven and see some of these reruns. I mean, I don't think it's Charleston Heston going to do this either. Uh, I mean, Moses, you're going to see Moses hold that shaft out, that rod out. And you're going to see that water start splitting. And you're going to just see it, and you're going to watch it, and you're going to look at it, and you're going to... I mean, and... Well, wait a second. That's not really impressive if you comp compare that to him building a universe in a, in a breath. I mean, really, a little bitty teeny-weeny planet called Earth out in the middle of nowhere in this, in this little galaxy that's inside of a universe where there's hundreds of millions of galaxies inside this universe, and we're out here in some little bitty thing, and he just spoke that thing into being. You know why he gets mad? Because of that. He tells us stuff and we don't do it. These guys, 40 years out there, the providence of God. Never forget what he's done for you. You ever remember what he did for you? Man, I do. I was lost and undone on a back porch in Louisville, Kentucky, 1980, all the way up to that point, and he saved my soul. Then he gave me eternal life, gave me eternal life, told me I was saved, showed me, gave me peace in my soul again, and I started, I never had it to start with, but he gave it to me, and then I started living, and he's given me 43 years of bliss. Has it always been? No, if you was here Wednesday night, man, it wasn't too cool Wednesday night. Uh, well, it was to me. I didn't really care. Uh, I knew what the Lord had done. I knew what I did. I knew what I didn't do. I'm like, you can't blame me for something I didn't do. Although somebody did. I, and the Lord says, now you know how I feel. I said, you're going to rule with me, you're going to suffer with me. You want to get blamed? Get blamed for something you didn't do. By somebody who's mad at you. Judas Iscariot. I'm like, man, I said, and, and the priest... Even when he tried to get the thing right, you know, he tried to get that thing right. He took that 30 pieces of silver back. You want prophecy again? And he threw it in there and said, uh, uh, this is innocent blood. I betrayed the innocent blood. They said, oh, I'll see that to yourself, man. I can't help you. They took the money and they bought the potter's field. You go back to the Old Testament, it says that they'll use that money to buy the potter's field. Exactly what happened. Those Pharisees didn't even have a scribe. The Pharisees didn't have a clue what they were doing. They did exactly what God said do. You know, you might as well just get to the point. 
in your life where you just do what he says do and then learn how to enjoy it. The key is learn how to enjoy it. For the Lord God, verse, verse 7, Deuteronomy 2.1, that's where we're going to be in this verse. Just this verse and I'll be done here real quick. He says, for the Lord thy God had blessed thee in all thy works of thy hand. Man, I, I sit there and look at that thing 30 years, 30, 43 years. I said, he, he's touched everything I've ever done. And he's allowed me to do things that uh, other people may have got to do, them, but I got to do them. He's allowed me to do some things that I actually enjoy doing. He's allowed me to go to, I'll tell you what, going to sea on a ship. I was talking to Beth. I said, we ought to take a vacation, take two weeks, and we ought to take a cruise. She goes, well, I don't like ships about like I don't like you driving. <laughs> I said, but we need to go. And she said, why? I said, so they either go down to sea in ships. They see the handiwork of God. I said, you need to go see some stuff out there. I said, you just need to go one time. You can wear your life jacket. You can have your, I can see her with this big old life jacket. She'll probably sit, be sitting in that pontoon boat thing too the whole time we're out there in case it sinks, man, that she'll float all around. She'll have her little ducky thing on and all that stuff, man. She'll be ready to go. You say, what is that? No, it's just one of those things where I got to go out in the middle of the ocean on a ship. Scared to death the first time. After that, man, it was like, whoa, this is cool as anything. And you get to go out there and you steam out in the middle of the ocean. And next thing you know, you're, you can't see land anywhere. You know if you sink, the shark's going to eat you. And you know what you do? You learn how to trust God. If, if I do get eaten by a shark, it'll be quick, hopefully. Maybe it'll be a bunch of them. A school will get me. You, you made it, number one. You made it through because I said you would. They got through. They're coming up to this thing. And Moses is talking to him, and he says, remember everything that happened back there to you? He said, I told you 40 years you're going to be out in the desert, and here's the 40 years you're going in. I told you you were going through. You know what the Lord said? He's going to get you through. He said, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. That means he's going to get you through. You know there's some things you can bet on all your whole life. This world's insane, brethren. If you listen to what goes in this world, you'll think you have no hope. I wrote a little note here on the back of this thing, man. It's, I thought it was cool as anything. Uh, the, pray, the way to the promised land, the way to our promised land is not always easy. In fact, it rarely is, but it's worth it. This is the end of the message. So I'll give you the end first, and then we'll get back to the beginning. God will make a way where it doesn't seem to be a way. You ever think there's no way to do anything in this world? You think you don't have a chance anymore? The Lord can do anything he wants. What is, it to, what is it to him anyways? I mean, if you think you're going to be a rocket scientist and God really called you to be a rocket scientist and you can't be a rocket scientist because everybody won't let you be a rocket scientist, if God said you're going to be a rocket scientist, guess what? You can be a rocket scientist. He'll make that thing happen in ways you'll never think anyway. He'll make you a doctor. He can make you a, well, I don't think he'll make you a lawyer. But he, but he could. He could make you a lawyer. A good one, too. Probably a real good one. He can make you anything. He can make you a good person. He can make you a saved, born-again, Bible-believing Christian. It takes time sometimes. You know why those guys had to go out 40 years? They had to learn some things. Hearing, I like Job. Job gets over in 43. He says, I've heard you by the ear. He goes, but now I see you with my eyes. Different thing. Job did all kinds of stuff because of what he heard. You know what happened when he sat there and started watching him? He said, now I see you with my eyes. He, you know what he realized? There ain't nothing I can do that would count. Not, not to you, not to you. If I was looking at the devil, I would die. You kept me from dying because I'm looking at you. I should have already been dead looking at you. And the Lord says, yeah, Job, you should have been. 
All those things you thought you knew back here, you, you didn't know, but I had to run you through what I run you through so I could get you so you could see me for who I am and love me. Job never asked for his kids back. He never asked for the boils to be taken away. He never asked for the pain to be gone. He never asked for nothing. You know what he did? He was just basking in the glory of God right there in front of him. And that's all he cared about at that point. You know, when you see God, that's all you'll care about. Most people never get there because all they care about is themselves. When, when it really, when the rubber meets the road and you start really, not you because you're all a saint, but I'm telling you what, when it gets right down to it, most people will care about them and self-preservation instead of somebody else. Well, aren't you glad Jesus didn't do that? He didn't care about that. God will lead us day and night. You don't have, you don't have to worry about him ever leaving you. 24-7, he's on the job. He's like the Maytag repairman. He never quits. He's sitting there waiting. He's not even sitting. He's always there. God fights on behalf of his people. You know, you don't have to worry. So many people want revenge. I want revenge. Why? Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might, and love thy neighbor as thyself. Do good. You know what y'all do? Offer your enemy a glass of water. As a matter of fact, he shouldn't even be your enemy, or they shouldn't even be your enemy. Just give him a glass of water anyways. You know what you'll find out? God will take care of the problem. He might just save their soul. He might just get them into heaven and you get to see him for all eternity. You ever thought about that? God provides in miraculous ways. Have you ever watched what he's done for you in the last, in the last 43 years? I've watched him do so many crazy things, little things. They don't have to be great big things. Little teeny weeny itsy bitsy things. You say, what is that, God? That's the Lord. That's the Lord. You take a bunch of little bitty things, add them up, they get to be big. And after a while, people, I've had people come and say, Mike, man, how did you do all that stuff you did? I'm talking about people outside this church. People, they think, they think we've actually done something. I'm thinking, really? I said, it's still a little church. I mean, it's not a church of 10,000. It's not a church of 1,000. It's not a church of 500. They actually, my brethren think we've done something here. I'm scratching my head like, what? They look at it and say, well, you got a church, you got a building. They see the, the roof. I, I can't even tell you how many preachers have watched us online, and they see that wood, and they love it. That was the only good part about the building when we got it. <laughs> Everything else was a mess. The walls were all black. I mean, this, this, this section here wasn't even here. I'm telling you, the, the thing was a mess. The whole front up there was bad. It had a piano up there that Liberace probably played. I mean, the thing was a mess. I didn't like nothing about this place. And the Lord told me to get it. I'm like, why? Okay, I can see progress, pro promise in it, but why would you get it? He says, get it. You know, now that we've been in here for a while, I kind of like it. It's kind of fun, man. It's kind of fun to come to church. We changed all the keys out, so if you can't get in, it's not because I'm trying to get rid of you. But we did have somebody leave, and I just don't want to make sure that, that nobody can get back into the building that I don't know should be in the building. So all the locks on the exterior of the building has been changed. If you, got, if you stick a key in and it don't work, you're going to blow up right there. That's the way it's set, man. I don't, can't help you. <laughs> Sin will take you further than you want to go and keep you longer than you want to stay. And we may feel forgotten and left on our own, but God is always with us. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Real quick, seven things. And I'll, I'll make them quick, I promise. The providence of God. God has, has you in mind always. He's never going to let you go. And he's going to make you, going to, he's going to make sure you get through. 
God had a plan to get Israel through. And no matter what Moses did, no matter what the children of Israel did, he's going to get them through. Because out there in the future, Jesus Christ is going to be born of a woman named Mary. And he's going to live and die and shed his blood at Calvary on a cross for my sin and for yours that we can get into heaven. And that's going to happen no matter what. And God's going to teach us some things along the way. You know what? I talk to people all the time. They say, man, I blew it. Yeah, well, you're not the first. Everybody blows it, man. You know what the key is? Is learning you blew it. Sometimes, I'll give you this, sometimes you blow it with God and you don't get a second chance. These guys right here didn't get one. You better be very careful in what you do. I'm going to warn you about that right now. You better, well, I'm under the blood. Yeah, you may be under the blood, but I've seen a lot of people that they blow it real quick by something they do. You better make sure what you do is God's in. The perception of God. He hasn't forgotten a thing. So many, he knows, this verse goes, it's a great verse. Verse 7. For the Lord thy God had blessed thee in all thy works of thy hand. The providence, he's, he's got it, you got it. He's blessed it. He knoweth thy walkings. He's telling the, the nation of Israel, he said, you're getting ready to go into the land. And I blessed you, and I know every step you've taken. I've watched you these 40 years. I've watched you and worked with you and taught you and did everything I can. I wanted to kill you a bunch of times. Moses wanted to kill you a couple of times. If me and Moses ever got on the same sheet of music, you'd all be dead. He said, you ought to thank God we weren't. I touched Moses one day. I'm going to be mad at him this week. Moses, you need to be nice to him. Next week, Moses, Lord, forgive him, Lord. Don't kill him. Then next week, Moses, kill him, Lord, kill him. No, I ain't going to kill him this week because I love him this week. Forty years, 40 years, God's perception of these people. 20 and below, he was looking at that 20 and below. He said, we're going to get them guys in. The 20 and above, you're going to die. I'd have hated to be 20 right there because I don't know which side of the line I would have fell on. I mean, maybe it's if June the 30th, July the 1st, you're toast, man. You're toast. If you're, if you're past July the 1st, you're okay. Before July the 1st, you're toast. I don't know how he did it. The plan of God is always still in progress. Do you realize that, man, there's still a future for you? There's still something that has to be done for you in your life. You wouldn't be here if it wasn't. There's still something for us to do. He goes, through this wilderness, I've watched you walk through this world 40 years. Well, I'll tell you what, that ought, to, that ought to light you up right there. I mean, it's just a story in the Bible. But the Lord says, I'm going to get you through, and 40 years from now, you're going to go in, and 40 years comes up. When God says something, it's going to happen. You don't have to worry about what you think. You know what's wrong with most of us? I'll tell you. We, we sit there, and somebody will say something. This uh, incident that happened over the week, uh, he, uh, somebody said uh, some stuff, but not just to one person, to whole, quite a few people, and different things, different things, too. And it affected all kinds of people because we stopped for a second and let that thing in. And once it gets in here, uh, it's hard to get it out. You, you got to really stop and say, wait a second. Wait a second. That don't make sense. That's stupid. The Lord never would do that. These people would never do that. That person never would do that. This person, why? You ever considered the source People that put doubt into your mind, have you ever considered the source of where they're coming from? You ought to stop sometime and think, wait a minute. Now, I'm like the next person. I think you ought to have a good mad, but don't waste a good mad on somebody that it's, it's not there. Don't let somebody just get you mad to get you mad. Wait till a really good reason to get mad, and then, I mean, just get mad. Mad is cool, but don't let the sun go down on your wrath either. 
The plan of God is through the wilderness. He wanted to purge some things out. Sometimes he'll bring troubles and trials in your life to purge things out of your life. You know what he realized? These young, these people came across the desert in the wilderness and got ready to go into the promised land. And what they saw scared them. And God could have killed them right there. He was mad. But what he did is he put them back out in the desert. Forty. He said, you want 40 days. You were in there for 40 days. For every day you were in there, you're going to spend a year out in the desert. You know why he did this? So they can learn. Sometimes you got to learn something. And sometimes it takes time to learn. You can't just, the danger with us today is knowledge. These, these stupid phones, and I tell people that all the time. I got one here somewhere. You can find anything out you want in a heartbeat. You can look it up and tell you, you can tell what's wrong with you right now. You don't even need a doctor. This thing, you can find, I got this symptom, I got that symptom. This is what I got. Oh, God, I'm going to die. Oh, it's not fatal. Oh, okay, that's good. You're sitting there looking at this stuff, man, and all of a sudden, I mean, you know what it does? It's so much information, but you don't know how to deal with that information. I tell somebody, I'm a technician, and they told me, it took me seven years to figure this thing out. An atom is this, you got a proton, neutron, and electron going around. They told me that in, in the beginning. In the beginning was the atom. Seven years later, he's laughing, man. <laughs> seven years later, I'm at a satellite station, and all of a sudden, I understood what they said. Now, I've already had all the schools, all the mathematics, all that stuff. And I'm sitting there and go, that's it? I reduced everything down to that. That's it. And it was like the Lord saying, yeah, you're an idiot. I said, I, they told me that seven years ago. I had a whole lot of schools before the Navy. Electronics. I knew that. How come I didn't understand? Because you didn't go through what it takes to go through to understand that. You can, somebody can draw you a picture and you can see it, but until, you ever looked at the picture, uh, Leonardo, I think Da Vinci did it, uh, Mona Lisa? It looks easy to paint something. I mean, well, now we don't have to take your camera and take a picture, it's just as good. They used to actually have to paint. Jesse's a good painter. I tell people all the time, I remember Adam, man, it's a funny thing over at his house, he was going to lay a floor in his bathroom. I said, Adam, don't do that. He didn't listen to me. I said, Adam, don't do that. I said, you need to have Jesse here when you do it. Is Jesse in here? I don't want to. Okay, good. I said, is Adam in here? He's in the nursery too? Oh, there he is. <laughs> I said, don't do that. He's my witness. I said, don't do that, man. You know, artists see things different than you see. And I'm, I'm like, Adam, we're going to mess up here. I said, we need to have Jesse here when we do this. Oh, I can do this. I'm the man, man. The real man. We, we can do it. I know how men are. I'm the same way. I'm like, uh-huh, you don't want to do this. So he does it. You don't mind me telling this, do you? This is funny. This is funny. <laughs> Jessie comes home and she starts bawling because the floor isn't what she wanted. I, I said, Adam, what you should have done, had her lay that floor out on this thing and number each piece exactly <laughs> how they wanted. It's like, you know, drawing, uh, painting by numbers and stuff. I said, you do this because in her mind she sees something. Told, but you see it finished and you don't, you don't see all that. You know what? It took years of her sitting down there. And I don't, still don't understand what she sees. Because I don't see that. I, I have no idea. Man, Mike showed me a puzzle, man. And I like puzzle. If I'm going to do a puzzle, it's going to be square. It's going to have like one piece. You open it up. There it is. You're done. Put it back in the box. You're done. I, these thousand piece puzzles are crazy. But at least they're square. And you got at least 50, 60 pieces. You know where they're at. They're flat on one side. 
He brings this puzzle and it ain't even flat. It's just, it's like a peanut, man, or whatever it is. And I'm like, where do you even start with it? You throw it in the trash can. That's what you do with it. You don't even mess with it. You give him some money, you throw it away. The plan of God, it, it's, he knows exactly what he's doing. God always knows what he's doing. And he sees things that you and I don't see. And you've got to get to the place where you just trust him. If he tells you to do something, you know, number one, you need to first make sure you have the communications open. And then you need to make sure you can hear what he's saying. And then you've got a book that stands behind you and it does what you are doing. And it says what you're supposed to do. And it matches. I sit in class one night and Dr. Roman was sitting there talking about something. And he goes, uh, he said, I don't know if I still believe Brother Elliot when because he made me run him through this whole scenario. He said, but he went from Genesis to Revelation, and he, that book, everything matched all the way through that book. He didn't have one problem. He brought science into it, and he brought medicals uh, into it, and, and all of it laid out flat. He goes, I don't know if I believe what he just said, but it sounded really good. You couldn't punch a hole in anything he just said. You know what you do? A lot of times we sit there and, and these flags go up and the Lord's trying to warn you about something. And he says, don't do this. Don't do this. Don't do this. And we do exactly what we're not supposed to do because we want to do that. The flag is there to stop you and get you to start thinking, wait, wait a minute. If a flag is there, there's something wrong here. Maybe I don't see it. You know, God's got a plan. His plan is to get you through and it's still in progress. It never ends. When you take your last breath, the plan's over for you. One of these days, rapture is going to happen. It's going to be over for all of us, man. That's what I'm playing. I wanted to strengthen you. He, he encouraged them. He gets them out in the desert. You know what happened? He had a bunch of people come out of Egypt, and they weren't really ready to fight like they should have been. Otherwise, they'd have went right in the land. David was a fighter, but he would have been trained to be a fighter. His brothers were all fighters. His dad was a fighter. They all were fighters. They all learned how to fight and survive. But the nation of Israel, they were in Egypt for all the time they were there, and they just weren't fighters. They were slaves. They had to learn how to fight. He encouraged the young ones to never forget what their parents went through. Those young ones, 20 years and under, had to watch everything that happened to their moms and dads and grandpas and grandpas and grandmas and everything else for 40 years. And one by one, watch each one of them die until the last one died. And the Lord said, okay, you've compassed this land this mountain long enough. Let's go in. Let's go in. The purpose of God, something better is in his mind. Brother, you got to get to the place where you just trust him. I mean, trust him with your life. He's got something for each and every one of us. You never know what God has in, in, your, in your future, in the near future. He can, he can arrange anything. There could be some great preachers sitting in this room right now. There could be some great evangelists, some great missionaries. we got a mission family sitting right here right now. I mean, they're ready to go back to Ukraine. There could be some more of y'all getting called out of here. That is, that is the purpose, you know, is to do something for God. He gave everybody a pound, and then he goes away. You know what he's looking for? He's looking for interest on that money he gave you, that pound he gave you, not money, talent, whatever it is. He gives you his pound. One guy got five. It said they all got mad at him, but the one guy took his uh, pound and made five. Another guy made two, another guy buried in the ground. You're supposed to do something with what you get. That means you need to understand that what you got came from God. It came from the Lord, and you need to be very careful with what you got. The purpose of God, something better, through this great wilderness. I'm going to get you through it. I'm, not, I'm going to take you back out into it, but you're going to get through it. That verse goes on to say, go back to Deuteronomy chapter 2, verse 7. It says, For the Lord thy God hath blessed thee in all thy works, number one, 
He knoweth thy walkings through this great wilderness. He understands exactly what you're going through, what he's asking you to go through. He'll get you through it. There is nothing that he can't get you through. Nothing. The patience these 40 years. Moses is sitting there saying, 40 years you guys have been going through this. Don't forget the 40 years. Don't forget what happened to you in 40 years. I've been saved 43 years. You know what keeps me going is the stuff that's happened to me in 43 years. Because I know that since he's not done, there's still something right out in my future somewhere. I don't know what that is yet. 43 years ago, I'd have never been able to tell you I was going in the Navy. Then I went in the Navy. Once I went in the Navy, I thought I was going to do 20 years. I never knew I was going to go to Bible college when I went in the Navy. Then the Bible college ends up in there, and then I get out after 14 years. I would have not known that. You know what that tells me? That every, every breath I take, there's something in front of me. I would have never thought my mom would ever come to Ohio. Now I'm thinking I'll never get her out of here and get her back to Kentucky. Well, she fell today. I, I, I don't, I'm sad that she fell, but I, she didn't hurt herself. The nurse called me and said she's okay, and everything's fine. They don't see any issues yet. But what she needs to realize is she's getting up in age, and she's going to have to have somebody take care of her. And I'm telling you, brother, that's, that's we're all the same way. There's a, there's a patience of God, long-suffering and persistence that God has in our lives. You've got to let him have it. And then there's the presence of God. Forty years he was with them out there. He made sure they had the food. He made sure they had their clothing. He said their shoes didn't even wear out. Man, I tell you what, brother, to get God on your side at that place right there where nothing wears out, everything, that's heaven. You wait till we get there. I'm talking about the streets of gold, the streets of glory. We get to walk the streets of glory. There's, I've got family members. That's, I've got friends that's already gone over, man. They're over there right now, and they're having a great time. They're not even thinking about us, probably. I seriously doubt that I'm even in any of their thoughts. We like to think that we're something, and, oh, everybody in heaven is thinking about me. <laughs> no, no, that's probably not true, man. They're all thinking about Jesus, and we are just really not part of that. Uh, and they're, they're, you hear them songs, wishing you were here. They aren't wishing we were there. I don't see how they, I don't see why they would even care that I'm there. Now, when I get there, they're probably going to be ecstatic. Hey, here's another one. Hey, here's another one. Here's another one. Here's another one. Here's another one. But that, after that, man, he goes, what are y'all doing? We're looking at him. That's what we're looking at. We're having a great time. But boy, we, we want to, everybody looking at us. Ain't going to happen. You know what you need is you always need the presence of God. You need that thing. These 40 years I've put up with you. I've watched you. You've done everything wrong for 40 years. Guess what? You're going to mess up. I just, I just went through 2 Chronicles. The way I read my Bible is the first half of, of the Bible and then the half, second half of, of, I read the Old Testament in two sections. And I'm, it's all the same. It's just depressing. Everybody messes. Here's Solomon. Solomon. Man, I mean, you got everything. God talks to you in a dream, gives you everything. What do you want? I just, I just want to be able to guide your people. Okay, since you didn't ask for money, I'm going to make you the richest guy on a whole lot wide plan. I wish you, I'm thinking, I'm sitting here, Lord, I just want to teach your people. It'd be nice if Musk called and said, hey, Elliot, I'm going to give you a billion dollars. <laughs> None of that stuff ever happens to me. I don't know why. Maybe I don't need the million, billion bucks, but here's Solomon and all that stuff, and then he ends up messing up. He brings Pharaoh's wife, his, his, his Pharaoh's daughter up. And he won't let her stay in the house of David because he knows it's wrong. Then why don't you just get rid of her? Why do you have to have her? 
Makes no sense to me. The presence of God. You got the presence of God. You ever get the presence of God in your life, you know what you won't ever want to lose is that. There's one thing I do not want to lose, and that's it. I don't care really what he does to me in life, but that right there, I want him. If he has to smack me and beat me, I would rather get smacked and beat by God. At least I know he's there than to lose that. That's the most precious thing you'll ever have. And finally, the provision. He says right there at the end of that verse, verse 7. For the Lord thy God hath blessed thee in all thy works of thy hand, and knoweth thy walkings throughout that great wilderness. These forty years the Lord thy God hath been with thee, and thou hast lacked nothing. I thought back over the last forty years, I said, Lord, you know, I haven't lacked nothing in forty years. Do I have a million dollars? No, I don't have a million dollars. That's, that's, you're, you're thinking about the wrong things. I've had food and raiment for 40 years, 43 years. I've had peace and joy for 43 years. I've known I'm going to heaven for 43 years. I know I'm not going to hell for 43 years. He gave me a wife that loves the Lord too. You say, how do you know she loves the Lord? Well, we were going to go over to this garlic fest last night and get some ice cream over at uh, uh, the Catholic church down here. And Beth wouldn't do it. Rats, man. I said, well, we could put park over here in U-Haul. They'd never know it. <laughs> and she goes, the Lord would see us in the middle of that. I'm like, yeah, you're right. We wouldn't have gone anyways. But they do make good fried chicken at those picnics. I haven't had fried, but that's a long time ago. Let me rephrase that. I better say, I haven't been at a Catholic picnic before 1980. That's before I got saved, I was still Roman Catholic, and I would eat their chicken. And it was good chicken. Their fish fries are good on Friday night, too. Or they were. But they can't eat fish on, meat on Friday, so they have to eat fish. So they, they got to get really good with their fish. Remember. He said, remember, that has lacked nothing. What have you ever lacked, really? Are you in here today, you're saved? Are you saved? Do you know for sure you're saved? If you're not, you're still on your way to hell, and you need to get out of that thing. I, th I thank God. I said, Lord, man, I'm on my, I got on a road to heaven. I got on a road to eternity. I was on, eternal, on a road to eternity for eternal existence anyways, heaven or hell, one or the other. They're both eternal. But I said, Lord, you redirected my path and you showed me a better way. And you said, hey, just trust me, Mike. I did. And for 43 years, I'm off that path. I'm on another path. And it's, it's just getting brighter and brighter and brighter as the day goes on. I'll tell you what, it's just a great thing to have. Thou has lacked nothing. I said, hey, Lord, I'd like to do that. And he lets me do it. I never, I never make my goals so high that I can't reach them. Sometimes I think I set my goals too low. But just the simple things in life. I want a pizza, man. Two weeks from now, I'll get one. I'll be on my diet in two weeks, and I'll get my pizza the way I want it. You say, what is it? I said, Lord, you know, he tells you what to do. He told me to lose some weight. I said, I'm just gone. When he tells you what to do, will you do it, whether it's good or bad? Because if you don't, you're missing it. I'm telling you, this world holds nothing for you. It gives you all the glory. I've, I've been out there on the ocean, Navy SEAL. I'm, I've been around Navy SEALs, like just many people sitting in this room, Navy SEALs. And you say, what, what would, they're not impressive. Oh, they'll kill you in a heartbeat. They'll kill you dead. You know what I noticed? I knew one Navy SEAL that was saved. One Navy SEAL. Now, I tell you what, I'd rather be around 15, 20 Christian men. I liked it. I liked it, man. We... We'd, uh, we were on a mess deck one day. We came out on the flight deck 
on the back of the pond, say they can land two CH-53s back there. So it's a pretty big size flight deck. Not like a carrier, but it's big. And 500 sailors were on the back of that deck. That's, that's the uh, complement of the ship. Less who was running it and all the other people that had to be in, in certain places. But everybody else had to be out there so they could account for you. Make sure you didn't fall over the ship at nighttime. Well, you know how I am. I'm late for everything. So I was late for breakfast. And, and me and the guys were sitting there, like four or five of us saved on the mess decks eating. And we're late. Late, as all usual. And we walk out the doors on, on the, to the flight deck. And it was back in 89 when the rapture was supposed to happen. And out in the middle of the ocean, you don't think people see that stuff? We're in the middle of the ocean. And we walk out that door, and they go, there they are, the God Squad. If it was going to happen, I mean, we're talking probably three or 400 people saying this. If it was going to happen, they would be gone. Number one, they knew what God was going to do. Number two, they knew who God was using on that ship. And they said, number three, if this and this happened, they wouldn't be here. They were relieved. <laughs> that means they're not going to hell yet. You know what I thought? I thought, man, that's cool, man. I said, they actually think I'm a Christian. All the mess that I do and all the trouble I find myself getting into, abstain from all appearance of evil, they still are watching. And the Lord still wants to use you. You know what you got to do, number one? You got to, I, I look at 43 years and say, Lord, all these years you, got, you used me for a little bit here, a little bit here, a little bit there. That's the most precious stuff I have. You never want to look at it. That has lacked nothing. What have you lacked, Mike, in 43 years? Let me ask you a question. You've been saved any, any length of time? If you're saved in this room, what have you lacked? Not wealth. Don't throw the wealth thing out. Why well, want to be rich? That's, that's foolish. Solomon will tell you that. It flies away, man. Riches just fly away. They'll go away. One day you have them, the next day you won't. That's, you know what you need? You need a piece of God that passes all understanding so when everything falls apart, you got it right here. And you're like, okay, Lord, what do we do next? He says, let's get up and go, man. Go this way. And you choose the way to go. He said, remember. He said, you know why they're out here? They made a calf in the desert. And he goes, and I killed them. He goes, I gave them the Ten Commandments, and Moses had to break them. Balaam come up and tried to kill him, but he couldn't. And, and I kill, ended up killing them. Quit your complaining. They complain the whole time. What have we got to complain about? Honestly, brethren, as Christians in this room, what have you got to complain about? Zero. I'm on my way to heaven. One of these days, I'm going to take my last breath. One of these days, I'm going to be like Paul and John. I'm going to open my eyes up, and I'm going to be sitting in, in heaven and I'm going to be looking right down to Jesus Christ. One of these days, Michael and Gabriel and all the multitude of angels are going to be all over the place. And the singing and the, the choirs and all that stuff is going to be sitting there. And all the people that's gone on before me are going to be yelling and screaming and shouting. And he's going to be right in the middle of that whole thing. And I'm going to sit there and look at that thing. What in the world do I got to complain about? I'm sitting there listening to all these little girls up here singing. Little girls. They're young ladies up here singing. You know what a blessing was? My two daughters and, and uh, Riley, she took Riley over to see my mom yesterday. And Beth was there, and then I drove in because of just, Mom goes, this is a real family. She goes, your two daughters are precious, and your grandbaby's precious. But they were trained by your wife, homeschooling. You know, when you're, you're away from all that stuff, and you don't see it, and you just see that I got nieces and nephews tattooed all up and, and all kinds of crazy stuff. But they walk in and see our kids, and they're just normal people. 
we can talk to each other. They can talk to her like she's a human. She's never seen that before. And she sees that and she says, this is a real family. Must think we're leaving it to Beaver or something. <laughs> Andy Griffith. I have no idea. This is a real family. That's the best some people get is on TV. But I got that from Jesus Christ, man. You know what he said? He says, come follow me. I will make you fishers of men. He never told me that. The provision, he's, he's always provided. God's got a purpose. He's got a plan. He's, got, he's patient. He's willing to wait. His presence is always there, and he has a provision. Just remember where you came from. Don't go. If you're in this room today and you're lost, you know what you need to do is get saved. You're missing some things. Man, I'm telling you what, you have no idea what the future holds. I have, I still, you know what keeps, I think it's exciting. If I live till I'm 80, that's another 15 years. You know what he did? He, Hezekiah got 15 more years. There's a lot of things that can happen in 15 years. I'm like, 15 years, Lord. I said, I don't want to hang around that long, but if I do, I said, it's going to be exciting. Why? Because he has a plan. Are you saved? Do you know for sure if you died today, you'd go to heaven? For the rest of us, are you following what you know you should be following? Father, this is a great story. You said we've, we've been around that mountain too long. He said it's time to go in. Lord, there's people in here today, Lord, it's time for them to stand up and do the right thing and just do what you tell them to do and follow you. Lord, it's just following you is so easy. Uh, Lord, it, it can, it's easy to be done. We got a book. We got a guidebook tells us exactly what to do. Lord, you said you'd always be with us. You'd never leave us. You'd never forsake us. Uh, you're always there. You can be trusted, Lord. Help us to get to that place. Lord, if there's anyone in here today that doesn't know you as their personal Savior, I'd pray that you'd open their eyes. Lord, it's, it's such an easy thing to ask you to say, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shall be saved. Lord, the payment was made at Calvary 2,000 years ago, and, and the, it's still outstanding, Lord, that uh, the blood is still there. Uh, Gary Duty sung a song, Lord, the blood is still there, and it's always been there, and it'll be there until you take us out of here. Lord, convict hearts, convict souls, Lord. Uh, time is getting shorter and shorter and shorter as, as we're every day, when we're one close, uh, day closer to you coming back. And, Lord, we just got a few more moments to do stuff down here on the planet for you. Help us to get our eyes there. Lord, the Jews complained uh, all the way up to the promised land, and, and they lost it. Lord, had to go back out in the desert for 40 years. Their kids came back up and got to go in. And, Lord, because of that, uh, you're, you were born in Jerusalem, in, in Bethlehem, 2,000 years ago, and here we are today. Uh, Lord, you're not done yet. you still got things to do. Help us to get up and, and go on in. And, Father, again, thank you for your blessings today, and we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.